Tell me who had believed, had believed our report, and to whom is it revealed, the mighty arm of the Lord. Hello, I'm Kathy Davidson. I'd like you to join me and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church here in Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. World War I began in July of 1914. It drew in all the world's great economic powers. 70 million military. Think about that. 70 million military. 60 million from Europe alone were involved. 9 million of those soldiers died. 9 million. 7 million civilians died. It was a dark time in our history. Upon the outbreak of the war, all sides thought it would be a short one. But by December, winter had set in. The Western Front, mostly Germany, Britain, and France, had dug in with trench warfare and the fighting reached a stalemate. The trenches, miles of narrow, deep ditches of six to eight feet deep were dug in by both sides. Machine guns, artillery, and rifles were fired from those. The trenches were wet, cold, and muddy. Soldiers were dying by the thousands. In some places, the trenches of the enemy were no further than 50 yards away or closer. Each could hear the enemy's voices, and that space between them, potted by the artillery, was referred to as no man's land. Then... In what is considered one of the strangest events in all human history happened. It was Christmas Eve, 1914. The German army began receiving gifts, small trees and candles that they set up on their parapets, the walls of the trench. Then they began to sing Christmas carols. At first, the British and French took aim at their Christmas trees, but then the music, the Christmas carols, although in another language, the melodies they knew. And the British began to sing along with them. And then to everyone's amazement, between the trenches, they cried for a momentary truce. The guns went silent. The two enemies left their trenches and met in no man's land. At first, they retrieved their dead that they were earlier not able to reach. And then they shook hands. They exchanged small gifts of chocolate, candy, tobacco, cake, cognac, postcards, and newspapers. There was an exchange of souvenirs, buttons, guns, and hats. Friendships were made. Addresses exchanged. There were even lighthearted games of soccer between the two enemies. Estimations were that hundreds, if not thousands, of soldiers participated. This moment, this time in history lasted through Christmas, even longer in some areas, until the generals and politicians on both sides put a stop to it and ordered them back to the fighting. That war lasted almost another four years. Think about it. In the middle of a devastating, bloody war, in a very dark hour, on the battlefront lines, for a few short hours... There was peace on earth 
goodwill toward men. That was a hundred years ago this Christmas. One of the songs sung that began that blessed night was Silent Night. I have it here. This rendition was sung by a group of us in 1994. Join with me and sing. Welcome WSKY Asheville, North Carolina to my program. God showed me years ago I was going to be preaching his gospel and here we are. God is faithful and it is an honor of the highest order to minister his gospel to you. Now let's pray. Father, I thank you. Father, let thy power be great. Father, let thy power be great. Open our eyes that we can see. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is a time of year when we talk about the birth of our Savior Jesus. Have you ever considered that birth, that baby, and what took place and why it took place? We're going to look at that for a little bit today. I'm going to go to Isaiah 9 to begin, verse 6. For unto us, unto us, 
First of all, let's take a look at those three words, for unto us. Unto us. Who is us? You and I are us. Everyone that has ever been born is us. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Jesus was given to us. And what about this baby? What about this child, this son that is given unto all of us? All of us. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. This is the child given unto us. You and I. Now let's go to Isaiah seven fourteen. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. The Lord himself. And what was the sign? Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. That name Emmanuel. Do you know what Emmanuel means? The definition of it you'll find in Matthew 1. And Matthew 1 refers right back to Isaiah seven fourteen. You know, Isaiah was written 700 years before the birth of Jesus. But yet the Spirit of God told Isaiah what was coming. What was coming for us? What was coming? Our Savior. What was coming? Emmanuel. Now, let's take a look. Matthew 1, verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example because she would have been stoned, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Verse 21, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. The name Jesus, translated, is Jehovah is salvation. Jesus, he shall save the people from their sins. This was before Jesus was even born. 22. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord, by the prophet, saying, 23. Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. That's exactly what Isaiah seven fourteen stated. And what does that mean? Which being interpreted is God with us. Consider those words, God with us. How? How could that baby born of a virgin be named God with us? Well, let's take a look at 2 Corinthians 5.19. To wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Do you hear those words? God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. That's why Jesus was named Emmanuel. 
That's why that was one of his names. God with us. God was in Jesus, reconciling the world to himself. Now let's go to Hebrews 2.16. For verily he, Jesus, took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Jesus did not take on the nature of an angel. An angel never dies. But he took on him the seed of Abraham. He had to die. He took on him the seed of Abraham. To become a seed of Abraham, he had to be born. Jesus didn't just manifest on earth as a grown man. Jesus became a baby. He became a baby, just like all of us did. He humbled himself and he became a baby. Let's take a look at Luke 2, verse 7. And she brought forth Mary, her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. This Jesus that created the universe humbled himself and became a man like us. And not only that, became a baby like we begin. A baby. You know, a baby can't feed itself. A baby can't dress itself. A baby can't even take itself to the bathroom. It relies totally on his parents. And this person that created the universe humbled himself and started out like we all did as a baby, totally, totally relying on its parents. Not only that, but look, That baby was born in what you and I would call a barn. He wasn't born in a beautiful home. He wasn't born in a state-of-the-art hospital. He was born in a barn. And his mother took him and wrapped him in swaddling clothes. You know, I know what swaddling clothes are. I'm a mother of four children. And my mother and grandmother taught me how to take a newborn baby and wrap them up tight so that they're comfortable, just like they were in the womb. That's to swaddle a baby. Mary took that baby, put him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger. A manger. I grew up in dairy land. You know what we called a manger? It was a feeding trough. That's a manger. Mary laid that baby that was going to be our Savior. He was laid in a feeding trough. Do you see the humility? Do you see the extent that God went to make Jesus as us? To have Jesus walk like us, to meet us where we are, born in a barn, laid in a feeding trough. That is the humility, that is the strength of God to meet us where we're at. Let's go on. Verse 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. This is one angel. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. It'll reach even to you and I. Great joy. Why? For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. 
His birth was announced by an angel. To who? To humble shepherds in a field. To humble shepherds in a field. The glory of God shone round about them. And this angel tells them, Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Your Savior, my Savior. Verse 12, And this shall be a sign unto you. You'll find this babe, this baby, wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, a feeding trough. A simple, humble feeding trough. Our Savior. Do you see the love of God to us? Do you see how much Jesus humbled himself to come to us? That's where the name comes in, God with us, Emmanuel. Let's go on. Verse 13, and suddenly there was with the angel, that one angel, a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. I have shared this before. This is God's attitude toward us. Peace, goodwill toward men. Peace to you. Goodwill to you. Goodwill and peace to me. Why? Because he had Jesus born. He had him begin as a baby. He had him begin totally dependent on his parents. Why? Why did Jesus have to begin as a baby? Why? Well, let's turn to Hebrews 2.17 and we'll find it there. This is talking about Jesus. Wherefore, in all things, in all things, it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren. All things behooved him. That means to owe. He owed it to us to be in all things made like unto his brethren. And you know what that included? That included becoming a baby like we do. We begin as babies. It owed Jesus to become like us and begin as a baby. He became every whit the person, the men and women that we are. He walked like us. He talked like us. He had our feelings. He had our emotions. He was tempted in all things. Why? Let's go on with that verse. That he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. So that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest. Merciful. Friends, he knows how we feel because he's been there. He knows the difficulties of walking as a person because he's been there. He knows what it's like to be tempted. He knows what it's like to be hungry. He knows what it's like to be thirsty. He knows what it's like to need money. He has been tempted in all things so that he could be that merciful and faithful high priest. Thank God. So that he could make reconciliation for the sins of the people. That's you and I. And how did he do it? How did he do that? Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3. This is Paul speaking. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Why did he die? He died for our sins. 
He died for our sins. He carried you and I's sins on his own body. And verse 4, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That's why he started as a baby, so that he could die for our sins, so that he could go to hell for us, so that he could be raised again from the dead, so that we could be raised with him, made perfect, forgiven, justified, sanctified, and set apart to God. Thank God for that baby. Thank God he was born, but thank God even more that he died, that he was buried, and that he rose again for us. I will never forget the miracle God did for me one Christmas season years ago. I had two young children, the oldest around six. Christmas was coming and we had no money for presents. Our bills were barely being paid. I prayed. I told God, you know my husband and I don't even need to celebrate the holiday, and we don't even desire any gifts. But I have two young children that are looking forward to celebrating Christmas like their friends. I am looking to you, Lord, no one else. If you don't want us to celebrate the holiday, that'll be okay with us. Within just a few days before Christmas, a check came in the mail for $300, a check I never expected. We spent it all on the Christmas holiday. It was a special Christmas to me because it was one that God gave us. It is not the baby in the manger that you need. That baby couldn't help you until he grew up and accomplished what God sent him to do to be your substitute on the cross. That is real love. There is no greater demonstration of love to us that Jesus went to the cross for us, bore all our sin for us, bore our sickness, our disease, our perversities, poverty for us. And then he experienced the wrath of God in hell for us, so we don't have to go there. And then God was satisfied with that sacrifice for us, and Jesus was raised from the dead, and we were raised with him. With that sacrifice, we were forgiven, justified, made righteous, and set apart to God. Would you like to receive the greatest gift of all eternal life? Romans 10, 9 states that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. If you believe that Jesus was raised from the dead and you tell God that's so, you are saved and you are born again. I'd like to finish the program with the song that goes right along with what we were talking about. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Let me hear from you.
Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the musicians from Water of Life Church. She'd love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at Kathy, K-A-T-H-I-E, at KathyDavidsonWOL.com. That's W-O-L for Water of Life. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, P.O. Box 861327, Plano, Texas, 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kathydavidsonwl.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.